Psalm 99. I'll get to it in a few minutes. Um, okay, we've been away for, was it been four weeks since we've been together? I preached my one and only Christmas sermon last uh, time we were together. It's only, I only have one. I can't get past it. I have one. Um, it's what Christmas means to me. So I'm going to put a little pressure on you. Does anybody remember the main thrust of the sermon from my one and only Christmas sermon? Does anybody remember? Now, some of you have heard it way too many times, I'm sure. Uh, anybody remember? No pressure. Okay. Yeah. What was going on with all the characters in the Christmas story? What was happening to each one of them? <laughs> they were on the move. That's right. God is in a manger. That's right. God is in a manger and everything changes, right? Everything's changed. And you can see it in their life. They've all been changed. Their, their lives radically change. It's what Christmas means to me. Yes, there's a whole lot of ways to talk about Christmas and celebrate it, but I, I really believe it delights God for us to ponder what His coming should mean in our daily lives, right? Not just that we believe a fact. The fact is He came. We don't just believe the facts. The facts change who we are. We saw... In the Christmas story, there was awe and wonder and surrender and obedience, as Gronia said, sacrifice, joy, and worship. They were all changed. I love that about Christmas. And we talked about the 2.2 billion people who claim to be Christian who show up on, for a Christmas service. Google tells me there's 2.2 billion so-called people. And we can tell that most of them don't really believe at all. Why can we tell that most of them don't really believe God's in a manger? Because their life has never changed. If your life has never changed, you have not believed. It's just, it's as basic as 2 plus 2 equals 4. You can't get a simpler biblical math than that. If, you, if your life has not changed, if your heart has not changed, if your speech has not changed, if your habits have not changed, if the way you live your life has not changed, you've not believed it at all. You're just a religious, another religious person. You're just like a, a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim or a Jew. There's no difference. They all believe stuff. Christianity is supernatural, right? We don't just believe stuff. We are being conformed into the image of the Son. This is what Christianity means. So, you can't believe Christianity in a vacuum. It's impossible. Not really. Now, again, we can be churchgoers, but, but I mean to really believe it, you can't believe it in a vacuum. Things will change. There were two incarnations in the Christmas story. Who remembers what they are? One of them is a give me, you get it, right? God became flesh, that's an incarnation. What's the second one? It involves us. What was the second incarnation? Anybody remember? We are to incarnate what? The Word of God, right? So there are two incarnations at Christmas. God becomes man, but we become, man becomes godly as we obey, as we do the word. This is big. This is why I only have one sermon, right? This is what it is. Yes, God's come to save us. But what does it mean for us 
on a daily basis. You know, we looked at Mary. Man, risk-taking faith like Mary. Never looked back obedience like Joseph. Wholehearted pursuit of Jesus like the shepherds. Extravagant worship like the Magi. If you really believe the Christmas story, you're not merely a Christian. You're not merely evangelical. You're not merely a Protestant. You are a disciple. You are a disciple. So I want to simply encourage you tonight as we begin a new year. Every Christian sitting in this room can incarnate the Word of God in 2020. And you must. You can and you must. You know, it's like a lot of people just think, well, I'm just going to coast on for another year. I'm not going to make any major changes, right? Uh, not going to really do what I know God's called me to do. I'm just going to kind of coast on in, you know, really pay more attention to the media. The media tells me I should live like this and feel like this and talk like this and find my entertainment here. We know God's calling us out. He's called us out of the world. We're to be separate. We're to be aliens. We're to be exiles. We know, we, we know we're supposed to be different. But I want to encourage you tonight. I'm going to encourage you to go on with God in 2020. I, I don't know what his challenge for you is. I have some idea what his challenge for me is. But I know there's a challenge for you. He loves you this much. He's not going to let you be a couch potato Christian, right? There's no such thing. It's an oxymoron. If you're on the couch as a Christian, you're in disobedience. He's always calling us to a new place. He's always calling us to a new place. And so I'm going to encourage you to go to that new place with God, whether it's in repentance, which is the flip side of obedience, right? Deeper worship, deeper devotion, being more vocal in the world. Listen, <laughs> you're a vapor. You're a vapor. It's a sprint to the hole in the ground. Does it really matter what other people think? Or does it matter what God thinks? I know for me, it matters what God thinks. Doesn't mean I can't be affected by people's opinions and the things they say. And Yes, we all can be affected, but, but we, have to, we have to love them through it. When they say things about us that hurt us, we have to pray through it and love them through it and honor God in it. I just want us to look at God tonight and worship and get ready for 2020. It's a brand new year. I'm not big on resolutions, but I'm big on anticipating what God may have for me anew, right? In the coming year. So I don't know what you see as you look into 2020. I don't know what you're facing. Some of us have troubles and trials and sicknesses and discouragements and difficulties, persecution, uncertainty, but whatever it is, oh, guess what? Your God's bigger. <laughs> Do you believe it? Your God is bigger. And oh, whatever comes down the pike this year for you, God's known about it. How long has God known about all the things that he has planned for you this year? How long has God known about the troubles that are coming? How long has God known about the trials and the persecutions? How long has God known about it? You think he's ready? You think he's ready to show up and give you what you need? He's known about it as long as he's been God. 
And so when some calamity comes, don't think this is out of the blue bad luck. God is at work in your life, Christian. If you're a Christian tonight, God's at work in your life. He's doing a thing. He means to change you in 2020. He's always changing us, right? This is what he does. I know you get tired of it, but that's the downside of having me as your pastor, right? Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Whatever you face in 2020, Hebrews eleven six 6 is true. Our God is God and he's a what? What did the text say? He's a what? A rewarder. Hey, if you're destitute at the end of 2020, your family has deserted you. It's as bad as it can be. What does God say about himself? I'm a rewarder. You got to decide if you believe this stuff, man. <laughs> you got to decide if you believe it. I want you to believe it. If you have the best year of your life circumstantially or not, it may be the worst, the worst year you've had circumstantially, but God's still God and God's still a rewarder. And I know everyone here believes that God is, or you most likely wouldn't be here. You believe God is. The downfall of most of, what, of those who profess to be Christians is they never appropriate the fact that God's a rewarder. Because if you believed God was a real rewarder, you would be fearless. And I would be fearless in our testimony, right? If we really believed he was a rewarder, we wouldn't be afraid, we wouldn't be intimidated, we wouldn't shrink back. If we really believed it, we'd be talking it, we'd be walking it. So I want to I encourage you and remind you that your God is a rewarder. As we studied in James with, in, with the young adults last semester, we are called to be doers and we can be doers because he's a doer. Our God's a doer, right? Our God goes before us. He's a doer and he's called you to be a doer. He's called us all to be doers. If he really is God and he really is good, we can do Hebrews 11. I would change that. We We'll do Hebrews 11 if we believe he is who he says he is. So I want to begin Psalm 99, verses 1 through 3. Listen to this. I love, this is one of those great texts <clears throat> where God speaks about himself in such a way that you either have to flee or worship, right? Listen to what he says. Psalm 99, 1 through 3. The Lord reigns. Yeah, you know what that means, right? He's sovereign. There's not one rogue molecule that he does not control. He's sovereign. He reigns in the cosmos and in your life. Okay? The Lord reigns. Let the peoples what? Tell me. Let them tremble. You know, I've just written this book about wrath, vengeance, recompense, and terror. There's a strange and unsettling dearth of trembling in the church today. Right? We've got this pseudo-Jesus. This picture of a pseudo-Jesus. Yes, you can be in relationship and still tremble in an appropriate way, right? I like what John Piper says. There's a trembling for the unbeliever, yeah, and there's a trembling for the believer. A trembling in fear, ultimately, and forever, and a trembling of delight, right? Two kinds of trembling. 
If you don't tremble in delight, I don't think you have a clue about who he is. So, the psalmist says, let the people tremble. God is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth what? Shake. <laughs> and the earth will shake. When the angry lamb returns, the earth will shake. We're having the birth pangs right now, as he talks about. Verse 2, the Lord is great in Zion, and he is exalted above all the peoples. The people are, what, is, what does Isaiah tell us? They are grasshoppers before God. People are grasshoppers before this great God. Verse 3, let them praise his great and awesome name. Holy is he. So all I want to say to you, that's your God for 2020. Will you walk with him in 2020? Will you walk like he's that kind of God? Don't it, we won't insult him with lukewarm Christianity, what, right? We won't insult God with that. Or we'll just stop calling ourselves Christians and we'll go do something else. We'll, we'll take up something else that's much more easier than walking with God. It's not always easy to walk with God. In fact, sometimes it's really, really hard. All you got to do is read your Bible. All you got to do is know a little bit of church history. But our God is God. He causes the earth to shake. And yeah, I want to encourage you. Daniel eleven thirty two. 32, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. God's mean, God means for you to do exploits this year. He means for you to do exploits. Not just come to church. Yeah, come to church. Christians come to church. That's what we do. We want to sit under the word, sing his praises. God expects an exploit or two or three or four or five or six or ten. I was talking to someone earlier. For some reason, as I was preparing for this sermon <clears throat> this week, I was thinking about Mary, you know, who poured out a year's wages. You remember Mary pouring out a year's wages to anoint Jesus? And do you remember the two things that happened? She was attacked. Jesus protected her. And what else? Jesus says, this will never be forgotten. When you worship Christ with all of your being, He never forgets. I was sharing again earlier with someone. I can see myself sitting under a tree in the new earth with Jesus talking about the times that I actually believed him and obeyed him and how he delighted in it, right? Because all the other stuff is gone. All the time Jim Albright sinned and failed against God, failed to believe, failed to be bold, right? All of that is gone as far as the east is from the west. This is what grace is. This is what his shed blood does. It's all gone. All my, all my pathetic disbelief in action, it's all gone. So we're just going to look at God tonight. We're going to begin this year just looking at King Jesus. And I often do this, but I love it. Those middle verses of Isaiah where King Jesus says, I'm God and nobody else is. So here's the litany. I'm just going to read it to you. I, the Lord, am the first and the last. I am he. Even from eternity, I am he. 
To whom then will ye liken me, that I should be his equal? I am God, and there is no one like me. Besides me there is no God. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord. There is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act and who can reverse it. The nations are nothing before me. I sit above the vault of the earth. I am the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. There is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a savior. There is none except me. I am God and there is no one like me saying that my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. How can you not be encouraged going into 2020 when your God is this God, right? This is the God you walk with in 2020. He is God. Nobody else is God. He's incomparable, right? He's invincible. He's a reigning, sovereign, omnipotent king, and you're his heir. We think way too small about this stuff. Beloved, it should change our lives. These kinds of truths should change our lives. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He is the Ancient of Days. He is the great unbegun and uncreated God who effortlessly speaks two trillion galaxies into existence. So I'm just going to give you some verses. Just sit back and enjoy. He is the God at Mount Sinai where there was thunder and lightning and a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and thick smoke engulfed the quaking mountain as I am came down and Moses and all the people were full of fear and trembling. Daniel saw God and he writes, uh, his throne was ablaze with flames and a river of fire was flowing out before the Lord and thousands upon thousands were attending him and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. This is the God who says, I will be with you. You believe it or you don't. I know we all struggle sometimes in the real world actually believing it and incarnating it. I get it. I'm guilty. But what I want to do is not only encourage you, but encourage me, right? Man, I want to walk with this God. I am a vapor. It's a sprint to the hole in the ground. What am I waiting for, right? What am I waiting for? Isaiah saw him and writes, The Lord was high and lifted up on the throne. The train of his robe filled the temple, and the seraphim called out to one another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Your God walking with you in 2020, right? John saw him and he writes, His eyes were like a flame of fire. His voice was like the sound of many waters. His face was like the sun shining in its strength. That's your God. Not just your creator, but your redeemer, right? And you're afraid in the world? Really? Why? You've not believed it. You've not believed he's God. You've not believed he's a rewarder. I'm not saying fear doesn't well up. It always wells up. You've got to preach it down. You've got to know God well enough to preach it down. 
That's one of the perks of being a preacher. You know, I can preach it down. But you're supposed to be preaching too. Not only to yourself, but to others. The psalmist writes, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him, consuming his adversaries. His, light, his lightnings light up the world. The earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Look at God and don't be afraid anymore. Be bold. Be bold in the world. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He's enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. So what does it mean that he is a sovereign God reigning over heaven and earth. It means that he has uncontested infinite power and authority. He has no peer. He has no colleague. He is not only El Shaddai in name, he is El Shaddai. In fact, what does El Shaddai mean? Almighty. Just a few scriptures. Daniel 4. God does according to his will in heaven and earth and no one can stop him. No one can stay the hand of God. Right? Are you encouraged? Are you encouraged? This is your God. He holds, he holds it all in his hand. And even when it feels like it's falling apart, he's in control. And he's going to work in the trial to bring you into conformity with his son. And he's going to disclose himself to you in a brand new way. Listen, if it gets really, really hard, you just remember. You just download this sermon and remember. God is teaching me. God is changing me. God is conforming me, right? Man, we just got to believe the word, right? Psalm 135, whatever the Lord pleases, oh, guess what? He does it. Whatever he pleases, he does. Whatever he pleases, he does. Man, we got to see God like this. We got to see God like this. The way he describes himself in the Bible. 1 Timothy 6, he is the only sovereign king of kings and lord of lords who alone possesses immortality and eternal dominion. Right? 1 Chronicles 29. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth. Yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Isaiah says, who can turn back the outstretched arms of John? Nobody can. You want to obey God in 2020? You can because he's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to stop using the word awesome, you know, in, in, common, in, in just standard conversation because it's really out of place. There's only one being to which we should attribute awesome, and that's him. You know, he is awesome. He is fearsome. It's the challenge of faith God gives to his people in Hebrews 11:6. You must not only believe that I am God, you must believe that I am a good God. Again, this is where I see many professed Christians, they simply don't seem to believe he's a good God. Oh, I can't obey him there. XYZ may happen. Okay, do the math. Is God bigger than XYZ? I don't know. In your mind, maybe not. But in reality, he is. He is bigger than XYZ. 
The, the reward's a done deal, <laughs> right? He's a rewarder. It's a done deal. There's no question about this. He is a rewarder. It's a done deal. The question is, are you going to obey him like he's a rewarder, like he's a good God, like he's a faithful promise keeper? Are you going to obey him? Am I going to obey him like these things are true? Yes, I love to say it. I think it's original. I don't know. I may have read it somewhere. But I love to say about him, he's a competent God, right? He's a competent God. He knows what he said and he can do it. He will do it. I love to say that about him. Okay, one. First point. He's not only the great, sovereign, ruling, reigning God of Psalm 99, but he's the God of unending, unyielding, irrepressible, infinite goodness and loving kindness toward his people. This is how he loves us. Listen to Jeremiah 31.3, famous verse. This is true for you every day in 2020. As a Christian, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. Amen. Every believer in this room understands that verse. We're astonished that he's loved us. He shouldn't love me, I know, but he does. And as long as he's been God, he's loved me. And he's drawn me to himself with loving kindness. An omnipotent love, an invincible love. It's why he was in the manger. Because he's going to redeem me at great cost to himself. It reminds me of that old African-American spiritual. Who knows what I'm going to say? What? Ain't nobody to me like Jesus. Translation, for those of you who don't speak African-American spiritual, I ain't never been loved like that, and I never will be. Listen, I know you all got problems. I got problems. But you know what sits on top of all those problems? Ain't nobody love me like Jesus. Ain't nobody do me like Jesus. It's just real, man. This is not church. This is not dogma. This is God's promise to us. It's awesome. It's awesome. Do you really believe the God of Psalm 99 is in a feed trough in Bethlehem? Do you believe he's in that manger because he loves you? <laughs> if you believe it, 2020 won't be common. 2020 won't be average. If you believe it, you will incarnate it. So, it's all either a myth or it's real. What does your life say about it? What does your life say about the Christmas story? Is it just a pleasant sort of fiction? Or can everybody in your orbit see how real it is? This awesome God has come for us and He saved us in the most breathtaking way. And we can do Hebrews 11 in 2020 because He is committed to us. Listen to these verses. If you don't know these verses, I'll send them to you if you want them. 
Second Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Amen. you got to love it. Isaiah 41, 10, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jeremiah 32, 40 to 41. I will make with them an everlasting covenant and I will not turn away from doing good to them. I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good with all my heart and all my soul. He just said it. Right? I, God says, I will rejoice in doing you good. I hate this when people want to question God. Mature, quest, mature believers don't question God. I understand that immature believers do on occasion. Don't question God. He says, I rejoice in doing you good. And he means for you to believe it on the worst day. That's the day you have to believe it. Anybody can believe it sitting in church, right? With their designer clothes and designer cologne on, right? Anybody can believe it then. Romans 8, 28, you know what it says. We know that God causes almost everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Oh, except for those really hard things. He's not in those. Oh, wait. He is. The text says he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, those called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28 is indisputable evidence of God's competence. He is your hope in 2020. If it gets hard... You can incarnate the Word in 2020 because He is who He is. Even on the bad day, He is working all things together for good. I love this thought. He's expending omnipotent energy to work your greatest trials to your greatest good. Omnipotent energy. Our God is not wanting inability Again, as I said to you earlier, he's not only known about this for quite some time, he's purposed this for your good. Is it not like cheating? I say this a lot. My friends back in the States, they already know what I'm going to say before I say it. I had three guys say it to me while I was home. It's like cheating, Jim. That's right. Walking with Jehovah is like cheating. It's like cheating. I don't have to wring my hands. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be sleepless at night. My God's God, and he's what? Where is it? He rejoices in doing good to me. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Come on. You got to love it, man. You got to love it. Ain't nobody do me like Jesus. Okay. This is how David talks about God, just from the Psalms. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer in whom I take refuge. In the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. God is, God is my hiding place. He preserves me from trouble. He surrounds me with songs of deliverance. God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. For you have been my refuge. 
Oh God, a tower of strength against my enemy. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. God is, is a rock of habitation to which I may continually dwell. And you heard me read Psalm 62, 5 through 8 earlier, so I will not repeat it. King Jesus is our defense. He's our deliverer. He's our fortress. He's our strength. He's our shield. He's always poised to release his divine power to take care of his disciples. Man, you know, just walk out of here with your chest out, right? I'm going to be fearless. I'm going to be fearless with God this year. Why? Because I'm such a great Christian. No, you're a loser just like me. But you are saved and redeemed, and He's made promises to you that will not fail. They will not fail. <laughs> and John 14, 21, it's not in my notes, but it's in my heart. He will disclose Himself to you. Listen, if you're praying anything other than that for 2020, I'm going to ask you, lovingly say to you, you should preempt all your prayer for 2020 right now with this. Lord God, disclose yourself to me. Because that only happens in obedience. <laughs> right? So, according to John 14, 21. So, yeah. You've just committed to obedience. If you're praying for disclosure, you've committed to obedience. Right? And don't misunderstand. We all struggle and fail at times, but this is what grace is about. But we're still hopelessly enamored and in love with obedience. Listen to Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord is your God. He's in your midst. He's a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt over you with shouts of joy. He's God. And he loves you like that. It's like cheating. It is. It is. God is a warrior for my victory. We can do Hebrews 11.6 because He's all in. He's the reigning God of Psalm 99. We can incarnate the Word in 2020. We can and we must. And if you really believe it, you will. Being a church member is not hard. Being a real Christian, <laughs> it can be difficult. But our God is God. So in the end, not so difficult. <clears throat> not so difficult. <sighs> so as I close, let me ask you. Let me ask you, and you confess right where you are to God. If what I'm about to ask you is true. Were you too careful with Him in 2019? Were you too careful with God? Did you hold back? Did you shrink back? Okay. Did you allow caution to trump obedience in 2019? Okay, I'm going to call you to repent. God's calling me to repent. Repent. <laughs> I'm not going to let caution trump obedience. I'm just going to obey. As best I understand what God has said to me, whatever reason you think you have for being careful with Jesus, I want to say to you it's a lie. 
It's a lie from the adversary, from the pit of hell. If you believe I need to be cautious and careful with this Jesus thing, it's a lie from hell. God says the people that know me will be what? Fearless and will do what? Exploits. Sometimes an exploit's what's going on in your heart. People, nobody else ever sees it. It's just what's going on here, right? I'm giving, I'm repenting. I'm, I'm giving myself increasingly away to God. I'm delighting in God. I'm loving God. I'm pursuing intimacy with God. I'm, I'm immersing myself in the Word. I'm allowing Him to change me, right? I'm asking Him, crying out to Him, change me, Lord. I love that line in that movie, Amazing Grace, where one guy's talking to another guy. The, what's the guy that did the slavery thing? I forget his name. Wilberforce. And his friend says, man, don't you, we can change England. He said, I changed myself first. And if you're self-aware at all, you understand what that means. Right? Change myself. Oh, God, change me. This is a great prayer for us, all of us in 2020. For with this God, there are no half measures. There are no excuses. There are no equivocations. He's called us to follow him. And so after a sermon like this, what should we do with a sermon like this? What should we do with a sermon like this? Everything. Do everything with a sermon like this, right? You're free to do everything. Everything that God has called you to do. It's cheating. It's ultimate liberation. The rest of the world can't live like this, but you can because He is who He is. So I encourage you to go to new places with God this year. You say, Jim, I'm weak, I'm frail, I'm riddled with sin, I'm a real punk. I know you are, I am too. But this is the beauty of the gospel, right? <laughs> I'm washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it might be hard this year. It doesn't matter if it's hard. It doesn't matter. God is God and His promise is good. I just want you to remember as you go into 2020, He is completely committed to you. Nothing can get between you and God. Nothing. He's committed. Romans 8, what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. I hope you'll live this, live this out in 2020. So, we're going to celebrate the Lord's table tonight.